Welcome to Camp Podcast. I am pianist Miko, and I serve as president of the Contemporary Art Music Project, or CAMP. CAMP is an organization that promotes innovative art music and collaborates with composers and performing artists. One of many activities we do is our podcast series. Our hosts explore a wide range of topics from marginalized composers in the music history to current collaborations. Tonight, I am your host, and I am delighted to have Angela Han, who wears many, many hats. Angela Han is an Asian-American artist, musician, and educator who creates art inspired by music and mythology. Her work celebrates the creativity and courage of women while igniting the imagination through curious questions and thoughtful words building. Hi, Angela. Welcome, and thank you for being here. Hello, and thank you for having me. I'm so honored. <laughs> yeah, it's so nice to get to know you and uh, your very interesting work. Um, and we usually start with a background question to break the ice and um, get to know about our guest. So okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm really curious about how you uh, became an artist, how um, uh, you chose this profession, and if there's anybody who inspired you. Oh, great. These are great questions. Um, so uh, I got started in the arts because my parents were very keen on sending me to um, lessons. Uh, um, I, in, in China, there, um, in, in the Chinese culture, there is this qing qi shu hua, kind of a, I don't know if I call it a lifestyle, but it's, it's, a, you know, it's, it's to cultivate um, oneself. I think back in the day in ancient times, it was for women um, to become more of a, <laughs> a better match for you know in terms of marriage <laughs> but but since this is you know this is contemporary times and um my mother was like uh she's not all about that um she was about you know the more you know um the more skill sets and the, the diversity of skill sets you have the more um you can contribute to society um the the more um I guess more effectively you can play your role or um, in the community. So uh, uh, my parents made sure that um, I got my music lessons and um, I went to art class too. So like it was every um, every Saturday that I would in the morning we would drive to my piano teacher's um, you know residence. So I would you know have my lesson and then we would drive all the way back home and we would um, eat lunch and then I would put on my smock and the smock wasn't it wasn't the thing that it, wasn't, it didn't look like an apron it was actually just a really oversized t-shirt <laughs> it was a really oversized t-shirt that you know um, uh, that it was okay to get messy with so I'm running around with this really big t-shirt and uh, we would go to our class and in this art class we learn how to use um, different mediums, <clears throat> excuse me. So 
it would be like pastels, and then you graduated to charcoal, and then to acrylic, actually it was watercolor, and then acrylic, and then oil. So I learned how to use all these different mediums. Um, and I'm primarily, at least as of now, a painter. Um, and so I went to these classes from like, and I was really young until I was in, you know, 18, about to go to college. And then once college happened, um, I was able to find, you know, an experiment and really hone my own style um, versus like copying scenes from, you know, a photograph. And so I was able to hone my own style and, and, as I, I think, I guess I was around 15, I, I, I um, started to fall in love with research. And so I would go out to my, you know, my high school's libraries and the, the public libraries and start looking at um, different, uh, I was, I was looking for different role models and music and in the visual arts. And so even while I was in high school, I, I wanted to, to see um, people who are like me and then listen to them. I remember I specifically checked out a book in high school about composers for a woman. I eventually oh. bought a copy of it after I graduated college. And then, you know, reading about um, Fanny Hensel and um, uh, Clara Schumann. And, but, you know, these, these women, women, they're women and I identify as a woman, but I still had yet to see someone who was like me, right? Asian American woman, mm. um, but I kept looking in terms of artists. I was looking at like Maya Lin and seeing like her great works and seeing how I can incorporate um, her. The, the, her depth in her work is so remarkable. Um, see if I can incorporate that in my visual art. And at some point, I wanted to bridge the two uh, from my my little self with the smock and the piano lessons to being like an explorer in high school and, and college. Um, and then after I graduated, I just knew that I didn't want to do a nine to five. Mm. There's nothing wrong at all with nine to five. But I knew mm -hmm. I wanted a life in which I can delve deeply into my creativity. And I didn't want to walk a straight line. I wanted to get lost and I wanted to find myself and I didn't want to find myself. I wanted to create myself. So then I made a commitment out, out, like outside of, well, when I graduated that, um, I would not do a nine to five right now. I feel like I often work 24 hours, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that is, that is the lifestyle I chose so that I could, um, keep stretching the boundaries of my music and art practice and fuse them together and find ways to weave them. And now like I have so many role models that I, that I could um, admire and be inspired by. So that's how I became in like very short, long story short. <laughs> I, became, uh, I, I suppose you would say an interdisciplinary or a multidisciplinary artist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's great. And you know, we talk about interdisciplinary um, artists and collaborations and um, inspiration, uh, all that. Uh, um, but it has been there uh, throughout the history. Mm -hmm. And I read about, and I, I actually 
uh, got to know about uh, an, an artist, Korean artist, who uh, decided to become an artist after listening to music. I don't know what music he listened to, but yeah, I thought, wow, this is uh, this is really cool, and we don't think about how um, all all these are really connected and related a lot, uh, so much. Um, so yeah, it's very interesting and. Oh, I think it's marvelous. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. feel like the arts um, are tied together and that it's so, I feel like we don't give or gift ourselves the wonder that we deserve when we only stay in um, one, one industry right. or one field, one genre. There's so much in the world that is all, um, it's, it's all at the tips of our fingers in terms of we can add that into our practice um, mm -hmm. and become more than we are. And then our work becomes more um, masterful. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again. And um, you're actually teaching uh, piano, correct? Yes. Yes. I teach yeah. piano. I teach yeah. music. Yes. Uh -huh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How is that going? <laughs> oh, I love it so much. Um, I teach from very young children, uh, four, five years old, mm -hmm. to adults. And mm. um, I think what I love most about teaching is having those magical moments in which um, the student realizes that they can do anything they want with their creativity at the piano or beyond the piano. Mm -hmm. So I was I was taught in a certain way. You know, I'm classically trained in mm -hmm. piano, right, and it right. was uh, yeah. it didn't focus so much on creativity, um, but I did compose when I was um, when I was uh with my um you know piano instructor and she was she was wonderful like i you know i often think of her as like my my, my piano teacher back in the day as my mm -hmm. second mom mm -hmm. almost but yeah um, <laughs> i never really did improv for example in my lessons mm -hmm. um no one told me that i could um like do my own thing Right. at the keys and that it was going to be okay for me to do that and um and worthwhile like my quote-unquote my songs my music was going to be fabulous and so now when i teach my students i want to to, to gift that to them like i want them mm -hmm. to know that mm -hmm. they're supremely awesome and that their music whether they mis make mistakes or, or or come up with something strange or have crunchy notes, uh, I would I encourage them to and fully embrace that, um, and and so I I think that those are the most magical moments when I teach when I see that after all the hard work we put together to really open up possibility and. Um, 
And that could mean, yes, composition or improv. And also interpreting a piece, um, right? Yes. Um, when the student sees that they can do that on their own and that um, mm -hmm. it is a viable option, I think that's just wonderful. It is. <laughs> then I know I'd like, I've done my job <laughs> as a teacher. Right. Um, and, and I do that for um, all of my students who are, you know, the, the four-year-olds to adults. And there's, I think, um, one of the most important things as a teacher is to encourage, yes, encourage um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. persist, like uh, perseverance. I encourage perseverance in mm -hmm. in um, in working on an assigned piece or 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 finishing that improv or that composition, mm -hmm. so that um, we can all see the final product, and then 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 the world can mm -hmm. also enjoy it. So. Um, yes, I love being a teacher. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, with your, uh, you know, your role as a music teacher and you're interested in music, um, of course, we have to talk about your projects. And <laughs> I uh, was so intrigued by uh, your projects, especially the 50-50 shows. Um, and uh, the one that's uh, going on this day, the uh, Realms of Courage. Um, yeah, so both are about uh, uh, Asian female composers um, and their works. And of course, they're, they're different uh, projects, but um, it will be great if you can uh, give us kind of summary of the projects. And also, I really want to know how you started this. Project. Oh, okay. Oh, this is going to be a fun story. Because <laughs> it <laughs> happened, it started during the pandemic. Uh, so, um, uh, the, well, the 50-50 show started <laughs> during the mm -hmm. pandemic. Yeah. Um, uh, during, uh, let's see, uh, 2020. 2020. Uh, that year. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say, truth be told, the the yearning to do this project started a long time ago and it's it's mm. now that i have the skill sets the knowledge and the resources to bring um bring these projects alive and it's a good time period in history to do it too um so for the 50 50 show actually the the full name of that project is 50 mythical worlds inspired by 50 women composers. And mm. the composers um, identify um, from many different backgrounds, um, uh, the majority of whom uh, are women of color. Uh, so yes, mm -hmm. um, Asian identifying women, um, Latina women, um, uh, African-American women. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a huge spectrum of composers that um, yes. I really dug deep to research. Um, and I pursued this project. Um, uh, this is the, the fun part. Uh, in, in 2020, I had intended to go to Germany during the summer. Hmm. And I wanted to go and research uh, Fanny Hensel. Mm. Uh, composer Fanny Hensel. Yes. Uh, during the summer of 2020, of course, 
the pandemic happened. <laughs> I was not able to go to right. Germany. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's, um, I can't do that anymore. Um, because every, you know, every place was in you know, lockdown or shelter in place. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, well, what are opportunities um, in the SFA area uh, that, because uh, I, I, I um, reside and, and create work here, uh, what opportunities do I have ex- access to in the summer? And I really wanted to do a summer project. And uh, here in the Bay Area, there is a center called the Sanchez Art Center in Pacifica, Pacifica, California. And every uh, summer, um, they have a show called the 5050 show. And at that, that year, it was the 12th annual 5050 show. And the, the, um, the, the premise, I, would, I suppose you would say, is, is uh, in the show, um, there will be 50 artists who will each create 50 paintings in 50 days. Um, so, uh, <laughs> and each artist who, um, if they were accepted, would come up with their own theme. So, um, you know, some, some people decide to do, uh, I don't know what, what kind of examples of the themes I'm going to give you, but you know, just to cut to the chase, I decided my theme would be about, uh, composers who are women. And because my artwork, mm-hmm. um, I, I love world building. It's just so satisfying, bringing to life the mad, like the, mm-hmm. the imaginative um, places that percolate within my mind. So I was like, okay, I'm going to combine the two. I'm going to create these mythical worlds, magical worlds, and I'm going to amplify 50 composers who identify as women and with whom I feel a connection to, either through their story or their music. And oh my goodness, it was so intense. It was 50 days, uh, 50 paintings. I had to be strategic about it. So um, I would have to uh, do all my research. So, I, I actually didn't do 50 paintings per day. I, I knew I had to, um, once the project started, I had to do very intensive, extensive research. Because when you Google composers for women, or just composers in general, the, women don't come up immediately on Google. Right. And then to make matters even more complicated, women of color don't immediately come up, which is a problem because um, women of color who are composers exist. And there are many of us. There are many of us. There are many of them. And but they're just they're just not it's they're not at our fingertips. They don't make it easy for us (laughs) to find mirrors. Um, And so that would take a uh, two or three days of just really intense research only um, and um, and then going through the composer's music I ended up I think going through uh, the music of more than a hundred composers um, during that time um, and then after I did the research and I chose the music they'll be like super 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 intense <laughs> um, um, painting time to um to to create these worlds inspired by the composer's um, work um, and i made it i made it to the very end <laughs> so the 50 50 show um, was born um and the paintings actually the individual paintings were only six inches by six inches so small and i realized at the time that 
I really would have loved to interact with the composers to see if I could have interviewed them, talked to them about, um, or excuse me, listen to their process, their life story. Mm. So the 50-50 show planted seeds in my mind for a bigger, um, for a bigger endeavor, um, which uh, became Realms of Courage, celebrating Asian women composers. Um, I felt like it was a huge gift to bring to life the 50-50 show because now I I had gained a very deep knowledge of composers who are women. And the objective for Realms of Courage, celebrating Asian women composers, is to celebrate, amplify, be inspired by composers who I knew looked like me, had similar life stories, who I can who I can identify with very closely. So I, I identify as Asian American. Um, and so I took a lot of time in the summer of 2021, so one year later <laughs> after the busy show, <laughs> to again do the whole extensive intensive research and on top of that process now it was i had to do the outreach mm-hmm. some of the composers i i had i had not known um before mm-hmm. i you know i i i um I had never met them and so there's there are these moments of like oh this is like totally a cold call like a a complete uh you know an, an email sent out into the universe and i am not sure if the composer is going to be open to, to you know to, to doing this project <laughs> but it was just so amazing when um the composer responded back and said yes we'll do this project together and the project um the purpose behind it is um to like i said amplify um these composers and their music and their life stories uh so that the I would say the public, the world, can also celebrate, know, and write about these composers even more than they are now. Um, they're, the composers who um, were selected, who I selected for the um, Realms of Courage, there are 15 of them. They're very renowned. They're, um, they're, <laughs> they're, uh, they're yeah. woo, top notch. Um, and I feel incredibly <laughs> honored to work with them. But um, we come up against this, uh, at least I've come up against this um, funny question, for example, when I'm talking to my students, are they famous? Mm. And I always have to take a pause and say like, oh, in, in the music world, in the, in the music field, yes, they're really, really renowned, uh, top notch, et cetera, right? Right. But when we talk about mainstream, about um, the just public in general, I don't think most people off the top of their head can name a composer who identifies as Asian or Asian American. And the, like I said, the purpose of this project, I really hope to change that. Um, I hope to change mm. that by creating large scale or yeah, large scale artworks. Um, whether that's paintings or something else that uh, reflects the, the life stories and lived experiences and the music of these 15 composers and 
through these artworks, because they're visual, right, put it at the visual forefront of the public so they can see. They can see and feel drawn to the artwork and then therefore to learn more about the composers and their works. It's, it's just, I think that there was such a great opportunity here to merge art and music to really do a service to my community of, of Asian and Asian American women. No, I'm just, I'm just so happy to talk about it. <laughs> I love these. Yeah. Uh, as much as I love doing these projects, I feel incredibly um, overjoyed to now have the opportunity to say, like, I have a mirror. I have many mirrors now. I didn't when I was five or 10. I didn't. My, my teachers never taught me about these composers, which is looking like it's sad because these composers exist. And there's so many of them and they're incredibly masterful. And I think about if I don't know about them and study their work, what kind of artist I would be today. But I'm very happy now. <laughs> I'm very happy now that um, I get to be inspired by these 15 Asian, Asian American women composers every day. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was really a great project. And as you talked about, it's uh, almost like art uh, works as also for the 50-50 shows, um, artwork as kind of a tool to uh, promote music and composers. Um, it's, it's great. Yeah. So how did you select these composers? I mean, there are... Um, uh, so many, uh, literally so many composers um, uh, in the, um, of course, the um, Asia and also for the 50-50 shows that you included um, uh, composers from other continents. Um, There's so many and I, I would like to know uh, the process of selection selecting oh, these composers. okay okay now that's a good question um uh i would say a step one was to find them <laughs> first um i right, uh, right the first step was to put in um the time and effort and a persistent effort if i couldn't find easily um uh for example if i you know, I had to be very specific with my Google search, it's like a Chinese American composer who's a woman. If I couldn't find it on page one of Google search, I'll go to page two, three. And oftentimes it, okay. it would go until like page five and like, oh, finally. It drove me nuts. <laughs> but um, it was, it, I knew I had to do that. So the first part was finding these composers. And, and, and actually a critical part of that, of that step was to also discover and and learn about the directories that have um, composers as members. So you know a few have been um, the uh, the Chamber Music America, the Composers Equity Project. Uh, that was I remember they had a PDF of uh, composers 
and I, I, I printed that out and I, and I highlighted um, composers. I went through pretty much every composer um, who self-identified as Asian because they on those directories there they have toggles or that you know you can put in a search and um, like uh, for different regions of the world or how they identify as. Then I wrote all the composers down again like so many of them which fills my heart um with a lot of mm -hmm. uh you know this feeling of like ah, oh, there's so many it's so wonderful and and then um after uh listing them uh and find you know uh marking down their websites and then their music uh this is actually something important I think for all creators is uh, the the um, the accessibility of your website. You you may not think that that would be a um, one of the points of selection, but it is. For me, it, it was. It was if if I could easily access their platform and right. um, find their bio and their music, then that was that enabled me to fully engage with with who they were and their work, at least in realms of their website. And so for the composers who I, it was hard to find and navigate their platform, um, it, it just, it, it, it hindered the connect, the, the potential connection I would have right. with the composer just from the website, the platform alone. And this is not just the website too, this is like Bandcamp and SoundCloud, et cetera, YouTube. Um, I followed all these composers on their different um, platforms. And then the um, another point uh, of, of selection was um, because this project is also very deeply personal, mm -hmm. um, the Realms of Courage celebrating Asian women composers for that project. It's, it's, it's deeply personal. Um, it, it's a project I dreamed of, and um, it comes from a place where, uh, again, uh, as a young girl, I, you know, I wished I had these mirrors. And so the composers I chose, uh, their music had to resonate. Actually, let me expand that. Not just their music, but their, their creative practice had to resonate with me very, um, very strongly. And so... If you go through the list of composers for Realms of Courage, you'll notice that many, if not all of them, are multidisciplinary. Have have, have done other um, right. are not just uh, you know isolated as as composers, but they're also visual artists and, mm -hmm. and poets and um, right. and writers. And for me, that was important because I identify as a creator who well, I want every bit of the honeypot. Not just one honeypot, many honeypots mm -hmm. of, mm -hmm. of of the creative expression, and it's difficult in a world in which people today seem more keen on specializing and categorizing yourself like oh you're you're a visual artist you just are a visual artist don't dabble necessarily in other things because that's not what you're known for um, if that makes sense mm -hmm. and. I want to see successful women, Asian women, who are doing multiple things and whose, whose work brings together many disciplines and, and pushes the boundaries and 
composers are always looking for that the new thing and so i had to get that feeling from their bio and from um their music and any interviews accessible on the internet and then if if i knew that i would choose them if in my heart i, I could feel like this um how do you describe you know this feeling that you have like not necessarily aha moment but that's the one or she's the one <laughs> she's the one and then i was like okay that then then um uh yes i had all these steps to, that, that were very logical and practical right but at the end of the day if you're doing a project that is from the heart your it also has to the, the people i choose also has to click with my heart so that's at the, at the end of the day that's how i knew um how i selected these composers oh and it was difficult um but but after reaching out to after reaching out to um the composers there were some composers who um for various reasons um weren't able to, to um uh, participate in the project this time around if there's a future opportunity hooray mm -hmm. um uh originally um the project had meant to feature um 20 composers and um and then 15 incredible composers signed on i realized that oh 15 is a great number because i totally could have just chosen maybe two or three and created a marvelous project and um, i'm super ambitious so <laughs> I, I went over 10 so um it's been an incredible process um and i absolutely adore the composers the 50 composers um who i work with um at this time yeah i was able to um catch uh, a few of the events not unfortunately not all of them but i will check them out um it's all it, they're all on youtube right yes and yeah and um uh you have one coming i think it's end of june correct oh that is correct yes so these are the um when i created this project i was like okay we need a way for the public to interact in real time with these composers because then you can look at the website right and you could listen to the music right but there's something very special about seeing the composers living composers and being able to ask them questions right it just it strikes a deeper chord right. um so to speak and so these panels my intention was i wanted it to be for almost all ages so far the youngest has been seven years old and the oldest right. over six right i want it to be very fun i wanted the audience to have many opportunities to ask questions and to really absorb the composer's words of wisdom. Um, so there were five. There was uh, May 1st, May 15th, May 29th. We just had one, uh, June 12th. And the, our last and grand finale one is June 26th. Yeah, yeah. Really cool series. And I enjoyed um, uh, being being there uh, for the live event and also uh, catching some other ones uh, on YouTube. So it was very fun and 
you know, I think we get to hear about the composer and about mostly their career and their work, which is music. And um, we talked about that a lot, but I, I don't think we um, talk about, you know, their, their kind of personal, um, uh, personal inspiration and their, you know, something that's, that goes really deep down. Um, so it was also for me a rare opportunity to, to hear all that from the composers. Um, so yeah, it, it's been really blessed. Oh, I'm so glad you enjoyed it. And I love how you said, you know, um, yes, I, I totally agree with you. When we do, usually when we do panels, right, for, um, for any professional peeps, it's uh, very focused on, you know, their work and like maybe the bio right, that they present right. on the website, you know, it's very, yeah. it's very, um, it doesn't get, it, also, it doesn't always get into the, 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 the personal and the, 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 the lived experiences. You know, it's a, um, I, I, for these panels, I wanted, I hoped to create a live event in which the audience can really relate to the composers. Um, like the composers have been through triumphs, struggles, all things are so incredibly human, right? And I, I wanted the audience to be able to feel free to ask them questions, for example, um, how to, I think the last one was like, how do we become a full-time artist? Um, how do you overcome this fear, fear of like, oh, it's, you know, it's being a full-time creator. It's a scary thing. <laughs> it's just like, there's a lot of unpredictability. Um, and the composers being completely honest in their responses and sharing their experiences of, of trying, failing, trying again, succeeding, how to persist. Um, and that was, that's very important. I, I feel like uh, uh, that's when it truly hits home again to the heart, right? And then I think at that point you feel, yeah. I feel like if I were in the audience, because I'm hosting, uh, truly motivated um, to, to do, if, if it's not music, to, 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 to do my own thing, like to, to pursue my dream. Um, after these events, so that's a hope. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there we all uh, hear about the composers. Oh, yeah, such a genius, and uh, you know, we read their their bio all the times, and it looks like oh, we can never become so like so and so and so. But actually, they are also people and human oh, beings. absolutely. And they, have lives and <laughs> so that's that's really great great to know yeah um so uh there's one last uh realms of courage uh event uh on june 26th yes june 26th june 26th june 26th um so check that out all the information is on um your website correct yes yeah yeah yeah, so check out Angela Han, um, and it's AngelaHan.com, correct? Uh, it's Angela Han Art. Art.com, yes. But you can Google Angela Han, and her website, Angela's website comes up, and uh, yeah. 
go there and check out all all the great things Angela had done. Uh, it's amazing to see also the all beautiful artworks. Really, like I wanna, I wanna, <laughs> buy, <it. laughs> I wanna buy them if I if I can. Really beautiful, really. Um, so, uh, what is next for you after this uh, project? Anything new uh, coming up? Oh, yeah. this is, uh, ah, how do I answer this question? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so after the panel series, uh, I will be fully launching myself into creating the artwork inspired by these composers' um, lived experiences, their music. I imagine this collaboration will go for quite some time into the future. Um, but another project I'm working on now is um, are weaving together different stories um, within Chinese mythology. So taking different stories uh, and seeing, it's kind of like when you're, um, I don't know if you've ever done this, but you, you're, you're writing a story and you're, um, or you're imagining, this is better, imagining like different characters from different books, how they would interact with each other. Uh, so I'm doing that, like taking different characters from different um, Chinese myths and putting them together to see how they would interact. Wow. And doing that and, and, and reading the, um, the, it's called the Shanghai Jing, the, the classic of mountains and seas. And I'm, oh, I'm trying to, you know, really flex my Chinese reading and writing to be able to, to do this because uh, this is you know this is a kind of an ancient text and and, and so I was like I need to go to the true source uh, I, 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 I like wow. feeling I'm not an archaeologist but I like feeling like one like I'm <laughs> digging for treasure I think in my if I'm ever able to be a treasure hunter in my <laughs> in my lifetime or in my next life i would like to do that very much so i'm um, creating a series that again is um playing with these um, different chinese myths and a lot of the characters i'm focusing are on um are identified as women and um i'm you know there are lots of problems uh, that occur in throughout these mythologies and see if they if they can come together and find solutions is is quite it's quite empowering <laughs> um so that's what wow. i'm working on and that's what i'll be working on um, for the next several months yeah wow it sounds really really fun so yeah best luck with that and i just can't wait to see what will come out thank you i'm very excited <laughs> yeah yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much for, uh, you know, coming here and talking to me, um, being our guest and sharing your thoughts. Um, it's always great to hear um, all kinds of insights from our guest. So um, we can uh, wrap, wrap up this uh, episode, uh, uh, listening to uh, some music i mean that's always a great way to end so um it's your pick uh princess uh by teresa carpotra who's going to be also your guest correct yes so um teresa Kapotur is one of the realms of courage composers and she's been my mentor for years um mm. i think no it's true i know i am the creator i am now today because 
of her, like in huge part because of her. Um, and so her piece, Princess, um, is inspired by um, a Philippine version of Sita's uh, Ramayana. Um, oh, she's like, she's such a remarkable storyteller and I love stories. So um, I really hope you enjoy um, this piece, um, Princess. Um, it's, it's written in the, the woman's perspective. Um, so hope you enjoy. <laughs> Great. Thank you all for listening. And yeah, here's Princess by Teresa Carpatura.
Support us by donating. You can go to our website, www.contemporaryartmusicproject.org and simply click the donate button. Help us continue our podcast festival and other exciting projects. Thank you for listening and I will see you next time.